Welcome back to Small Town Journey. Today you're going to hear the interview I did with my friend Patch. He's been a stage manager at hundreds of live music shows, events and festivals in New Zealand. He was even telling me about a few overseas events that he, he did, uh, which was quite funny because it, it was this was actually after the interview, but he went to Spain one time and um, basically he never even went outside. Um, he was just setting up and packing down for the event and then uh, flew home again. So uh, not always a glamorous industry, but it's, it's one that he's been in for a long time and he is one of the best. Um, he's worked with a range of artists over the years from Dave Dobbin to even Snoop Dogg. He, he touched on a little bit tonight while even helping at like local school productions or church events. Yeah, so you get the scoop on the industry and his journey through it. As you'll come to find out, Patch is all about people. It's one of the truly golden things about this man. Hope you enjoy it. How long have I known you? I was probably about 16 and yeah. probably first connected at like a, maybe an Elam youth event or something. And I just, I was just infatuated with music and yeah. playing music and church music was my thing and I just remember thinking oh there's a sound guy who actually knows what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah and that's, that's the thing it's like um, do I know what I'm doing I kind of you know I can push faders up and down but I think the, the the more important thing is is the people you know just connecting with the people on stage and knowing what they yeah. want you know how to get the best out of them you know just yeah. trying to figure that out and you know looking at people and saying oh that i i just asked them whether they could hear and they just said yeah without even thinking about it yeah you know so it's like can you actually hear you can tell me it's okay i'll turn it you know i'll make it sound right for you yeah um but yeah just trying to connect with people and trying to um yeah have a good experience for them that's um, so true is 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 kind of what it's all about as a as a sound, particularly in a, in a in a church environment, in a conference environment, and um, you know, not not so much in a concert per se, but particularly in an environment where it, it's give and take. You know, there's a call and response kind of thing that happens, which is you know, most conferences do that, most churches you know do that. So it's that kind of thing where you. You know, you you try and be part of it, not just sit behind the desk and push faders. You know, yeah, where, um, I've you, definitely noticed that about you. Even sensing when people are struggling with their confidence and, yeah. and stuff like that, and just you know coming and being encouraging, and yeah, like yeah. you say, just connecting people and make sure that people are vibing off each other. Yeah, because um, when that happens, that that's when the magic happens. Yeah. So you're you're not a musician, are you? But you no. you know music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The only instrument I can play is the fool, and <laughs> not really very well. Um, so yeah, but I, I can I know music. I can hear music, and you know, someone will will play a wrong note on a keyboard, or someone will be playing the guitar, and you know, it's like uh, that's that some, you, something's not right there. That's kind of flat there, or it's kind of sharp. You know, or you'll hear something magical and you know it's, it's yeah. magical and you'll yeah. see people oh, connecting yeah. with it. Yeah, see performances and, and you know, see people in the background of performances and go, 
that person is amazing and they need to know <laughs> that somebody noticed that and yeah. that what they're doing is actually fantastic, you know, even if they're a, only a small part of a of an ensemble, you know. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the other way that I know you is I did some drum teching at Parachute Music Festival yes. and you were the stage manager. Yes. Which is like the head honcho of the main stage. <laughs> Yeah. Um, for this massive festival, can you? How did that sort of come about, and what what did what did you do in that role, and what did you do to get it? <laughs> right. So, um, so if we rewind a little bit from there, so I, I every um, Christmas holidays and and school holidays, I used to go away to to camp to Narawhia CYC, and I was a leader there, helping out. And just helping with whatever needed to be done, basically. Yeah. Um, and and that kind of led me into helping at, at my own church. That then led me into, you know, going to church events, going to, you know, what was big at the time when I was young was uh, Youth for Christ um, and going to Youth for Christ events. Every month there would be an event in South Auckland, and also every month there would be an event in central Auckland. So two right. times a month you would get this big Youth for Christ event, you know, a couple of thousand people getting together for, you know, hanging out basically. And there'd be music, there'd be dance, there'd be drama, there'd be humour, there'd be, um, you know, and a message and, and all this kind of stuff. And it was, it was really great. And I got the opportunity to help set up and pack out those things, you know, free labour. Why? Why wouldn't you? And and from that, um, the production company, um, which is a, a big Christian production company in Auckland, um, they have a sister company in Taranaki, which is actually where they started, Taranaki Sound Hire. Right. Um, so they would do other events, and I got to help out with those. Um, so, yeah, so just the helping thing, the yeah. being being a normal Christian person offering yourself to say, yeah, I'll, I'll come do that. And, you know, totally, none of it's paid. Mm. Um, and from there, I kind of got good at it. I got, you know, the first thing is you get offered to come and help pack out a real show. Yeah. Which is like calling all the cables, putting them in cases, pulling all the lights out, putting them in cases, pulling the speakers out, putting them in cases, yeah. and loading the truck, <laughs> you know. Um, and then... After you know a few of those, I got invited to help set up a Proco event. You yeah, know? and that was huge because it's like I'm setting it up as well. They think I'm capable of not just putting the stuff back. No way. You know, yeah. so so that was really huge. And and from there it just kind of grew. And through that I also went and started working at Youth of Christ in South Auckland and ran their South Auckland once a month events. So we did, you know, 10 to 12 events a year um, and, you know, organised the whole thing, the, the people, the crew, you know, the acts, um, wow. you know, the speakers, you know, the bands coming in and yeah. rehearsals and, you know, we had a, you know, we had a, a, a house band basically, which was, you know, one of the churches who was doing really well in South Auckland would invite mm. them along and they'd come along with, this their, is like with their worship band. Yeah, kinda. yeah. Yeah, time period. Yeah, and they'd come along with their worship band, and they'd do their thing, and that was kind of the, um, the, the you know the worship for the night, and it was, it was amazing to be part of that, 
Um, and from there, it just kind of grew. I, you know, ended up going to Parachute and I, I started, this is, you know, Patch Boy. That's how I started. So, so the name Patch is from Patch Boy. So patching is old school. Uh, we used to have these big patch bays on stage where everything was plugged into and you know the drums might have a, a snake a little snake a little 12-way snake that went to the drums and so one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve those numbers they're all <laughs> all in sequence but then you might have another 12-way going to the right hand side of the stage and that one starts at 13 <laughs> but it's number one on the 12-way snake <laughs> You know, so it gets confusing so pretty yeah, fast. Though. Yeah, and then you have another <laughs> six-way up the front, and another twelve-way to the other side of the stage, and you know, so like this was, is number three, but it's actually yeah, number fourteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, oh, we're going to swap that from that side to the other side. So number twelve is going to go into number forty-two, and it's like, what? So someone who controlled that was the Patch Boy or the Patch Girl. Um, so that was who I was, and it just got shortened to Patch. Um, and so then I did, I did that for about four years and then I got to do patching and be a generalist tech to kind of fill in when the guitar tech you know, needed a break or the keyboard tech needed a break or the bass yeah. tech or the drum tech, or whatever. I just right. fill in, um, for all those people. So I got to know all of the roles on the stage. Yeah, yeah. And amongst that, I, you know, still did some, you know, some mixing on stage some monitor mixing. Mm -hmm. which by the way for people out there listening i think monitor mixing is harder than front of house oh yeah in respect of front of house particularly at a concert level um the front of house engineer just listens to what he thinks sounds good and does that that's his instrument he plays that instrument the way he likes monitor mixing you have 10 people on stage all demanding of you what they want yeah. not what you want 10 mixes what they want you know so <laughs> so now you have to create all of that into something and also they might ask for something but you know that's not really what they're asking for <laughs> so you give them what you know they actually mean from what they say particularly with yeah. you know young bands and all that kind of stuff they don't really know what that they just say my mix doesn't sound right and you can just say right. i'll just take a listen and see what i can do and i can't hear myself and yeah check their mix yeah. and they're right up yeah yeah so it's little, little <laughs> things like that anyway so that's an aside so so yeah so basically from being patch boy and being the generalist tech being able to do a little bit of all of it not anything um really really well just a whole things a whole lot of things averagely um, I got the opportunity to understudy under um, Scotty Pearson um, from LMNOP. Right. Um, Scotty so, is the drummer. Yeah, Scotty's the drummer from LMNOP. So um, he did that sort of thing. So he was the, the stage well. manager before me. Oh. Um, and then I understudied from him and basically did, yeah, created my own style around it. And mm. then I basically just took over from him and ended up stage managing, you know. And at that stage, Parachute was pretty huge. I mean, we had, you know, we had Mike Hedges, you know, two-time Oscar winner Mike Hedges as our monitor engineer. 
you know. Yeah. So it was really yeah. high standards. Eh? Oh yeah, like, it, was, it, it was. Was that still at Matamata? That was still at Matamata. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, or- and. So that was Matter Matter, and then Mike was still coming when we went to um, Mystery Creek. So he cool. still came along a couple of times there at Mystery Creek. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, and that was they were getting, you know, seventeen, seventeen, eighteen thousand, which was the main reason they had to leave Totra Springs because yeah. it was just too big. And then at um, Mystery Creek, they were getting twenty, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five thousand yes. yeah. people. So that's massive. Yeah, I, I've in reflecting in recent years. It's made me so um, thankful for what Parachute was and mm. everything. Um, yeah, all the people it, it touched and all the bands they brought to our little country. Oh, absolutely. And the standard that was yeah. met. Um, and, you know, it's tribute to everyone involved, but, yeah. um, like, just especially the crew. And like you said, like, getting those, you know, that monitor engineer and everything involved, like, yeah. it was a really well-run mm. operation. I remember the the vibe of the bands that would come through from overseas were like like they yeah. felt like it was professional and they felt yeah. like they were uh, respected and everything yeah. like it was the full package yeah it was it was i mean the the pressure and the stress level was um was pretty high yeah um but in in saying that it's it's the old you know how do you eat an elephant you know one bite at a time yeah if so people would come and say oh can i come and have a look at what you do at at parachute you know or at festival and i'm like yeah come along and have a look and they go there's no way i'd be able to do this <laughs> and i go i'm like you're absolutely right there's no way i could do it too if i walked in where you are at where i am you know yeah. it's like but i didn't start doing this if you want to do what i'm doing come along and help unload some trucks you know and and, yeah. and then load learn in, this you know and learn the stuff and then you know give it give it 3 or 4 years and yeah you'll you'll be able to do it it's not something that you can walk into and and just do um it's it's difficult and people who think oh i'll just do it and it'll be easy, and it, you know, because yeah. patch doesn't seem to have a problem. It's easy. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but I've been doing it for a while, and I've learned the dumb ways of doing it. And yeah, um, yeah. eventually, there's no more dumb ways you can do it, and you end up doing it the right <laughs> way. You know, so that I'm not good at what I do. I just I just learned how to not do it dumb. Oh man, I definitely <laughs> did it dumb when I, you gave me that opportunity to manage the deluxe stage. Oh, oh man, that was hard, and. I I reflect on that with interesting thoughts because I um I think I was just I was so early in my development as a human I don't think I had I was equipped with the methods of dealing and interacting with people to really yeah. know what I was doing and definitely the stress <laughs> levels were high and just one little funny story which I always think is so so funny um. Zach Farrow was uh, was there yep. that year with Half Noise. Yeah. Um, and Zach is the drummer for Paramore. Yeah. Wasn't at the time, but he is, is again now. Yeah. And Half Noise was amazing. I didn't know who they were. Yeah. And I didn't recognize him, but basically I was in not, not a great mood and he was the next band up. And someone brought him along to me and I was like, all right, so what do you want? And I <laughs> just didn't even <laughs> see him, didn't recognize him. Yeah. And, you know, went through the stuff and then organized it. And then someone else later on was like, 
Dude, that was Zach Farrow. No, no way. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I have an exact similar thing. So um I I got to 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 monitor mix an American band. They they brought over a front of house engineer and they didn't have a monitor engineer and um I I asked Mike if I could mix and Mike's like, Yeah, go for it. I don't he goes, I don't really care, it's fine, just go for it. So I mixed this American band who I never knew I didn't really know of just this American band and they were, they were kind of cool and stuff and I didn't really hear the music because I was still kind of focused on on doing my job monitor mixing so um yeah and then at the end of the the festival um, my wife Michelle was like oh my gosh this band is amazing and all this kind of stuff and I've got three of the albums and all that kind of stuff and I'm like who is it and I'm, she's like oh Jars of Clay and I'm like oh I monitor mix them and oh my gosh <laughs> Jars of Clay are amazing they would be <laughs> right up there with the top and and it's like I I monitor mix them oh, but man. I didn't really understand what I was doing <laughs> it's just like oh my gosh I oh, I, I still did it but yeah. I didn't really engage with it you know so that's um oh yeah, that's yeah funny. I that. wonder if you would have done a better or worse job yeah I don't, know, I don't know you I might know. have been too I was just trying to, to be professional music. for them so yeah I don't know but yeah it was yeah oh jars yeah. of clay were huge oh, man yeah what a big Absolutely. deal yeah uh, do you remember that show swordfish on tv yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Christian yeah. music and stuff yeah. back in yeah. the 90s uh, man, that was yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you think, I guess, um, the industry changed a lot over the years with different sort of moving through into the 2000s and late 2000s and then obviously the festival ended up calling it quits and sort of transitioning. But do you have any thoughts around that, how that took place? And Yeah, well... For well, I, some things, some things happened um, globally. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, th- I think we were good at doing the Christian big band. Yeah, you know the Skillets, the um, you know the Steve Curtis Chapmans, the you know um, you know going back even you know Steve Taylor, you know Amy Grant. Um, you know David Meese, you know that kind of thing. We were Is good like at doing Newsboys. Yeah, Newsboys. We were good at doing foot. the big band Switchfoot. Um, yeah, but but doing the smaller stuff and doing the Christian worship music stuff in the nineties, we kind of tried to follow what the world was doing. I th- I think, and it was very hit and miss it was we we didn't really do it that well i think and and that caused a bit of a shift to say well if we aren't getting the big bands um we can't afford to get you know five six seven eight big bands Mm. then what are we left with you know who else is it that we get um so there there kind of came this lull in the market of you know who do we get do we get switchfoot over again and again and again again. do we get newsboys back again Mm. and again you know um so so yeah whereas now if if you look at now we are doing 
Christian worship music and Christian, I don't want to say rock, but Christian, just real Christian music that is actually music, you know, not trying to follow the world, but actually doing our own thing and doing it really, really well. We're much better at that than we were, you know. And in reference to Festival One, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and in reference to the world, or just I think the world. just the world. I think we're so much better. I mean, you listen to stuff that's coming out from Tarotini. You, you could put that up against anything, and you know, that's coming out of America. You know, I mean, yeah, and and we we are actually doing it really well. And there, you know, the 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 CCM, you know, the 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 Christian contemporary contemporary Christian contemporary Christian music, I, I I'm not even sure that exists anymore. I yeah, think it's just music that happens to be Christian. I I think I think we've lost the Christian music thing, which is a good thing. I yeah, because I, I I remember back in the day, it was always it felt like bands didn't want to be labeled a Christian band yeah. because that would be detrimental to them. But yeah. there was such a uh, either you're a CCM or you're a non-Christian band. Either you're in yeah. the Christian bookshops or you're not. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah. And how do you how do you stay on track? You know, with that, with with your beliefs. How do you stay on track with your with your church, with your followers? You know, how do you you know because whether you like it or not, you know, as a musician, you're influencing people. You know, so and how do you influence them? You know, as a as an yeah. artist and labeling yourself as Christian or labeling yourself as a musician. You know, I think we've, we're, we're a lot more accepting that you can be a musician and a Christian and you don't have to be a CCM. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be a CCM musician, you know, you don't have to be a contemporary Christian musician. You can still be a Christian musician who plays music that, happens to be about god i always um there was a couple of times i mean people are just people right but you know that whole expectations thing around oh you're a christian artist or you're a worship band and yeah Yeah. how you're influencing people and how you're presenting yourself Hmm. i always remember um henry Seely from planet shakers yeah when he was he was having a real rough time with his monitor mix yeah and he was just not happy yeah. prancing around the backstage and I just yeah. remember thinking oh man this is a bit weird like my my um interpretation of him from yeah. you know seeing him play and work lead worship was that you know how could he react like a human and have I know. needs and desires yeah professionally yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> I know it's it's weird it, it's like we we have this uh you're a you're a Christian musician, so you're perfect. And it's it's that thing that we do. We just put people on a pedestal, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't blame us for doing it. I mean, for goodness yeah. sake, that they're, they're yeah. up on a stage, you know? They're, they're Literally on a pedestal. You know, they're on a pedestal. You know, they're, they're <laughs> literally raised so we look up at them. So don't <laughs> don't feel bad about yourself that you look up to your Christian musicians who you like. But the reality is, they're just like you and me, and you know they're probably going to do something dumb at some point in their life. And when they do, love them through that. You know, please, people, just be a normal person. Love them through that, like you would 
to anyone in your family. You know, it's just that thing. But we're so quick to go, no, that's it. They're mm. not a Christian anymore. That's it. I'm throwing away all their albums and I'm never listening to them again. I'm taking them off my Spotify playlist. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like, oh, come on. Burn you know? that, burn the, um, <laughs> the records yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, we're, we're all, and that's the thing, you know, we, we struggle with, with putting people up in our own eyes and then being shocked when they fall because we've put them up higher than ourselves. But the reality is we're, we're all pretty much the same. Some of us can sing, some of us can't. I can't sing at all. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I know what I like and I know what sounds good. And, yeah. Yeah. So you've yeah. done a lot of other events and music yes. um, shows over the years. Like I remember there was a winery tour. Oh, yeah, winery um, tours. You know, I went to yeah. Brooke Fraser, did that. Yeah. And uh, what else have I seen you at? Um, Amberlynn. Yeah. Were you mixing for them, I think, at one of their shows in uh, yes, Auckland? Yes, probably. The King's Arms, maybe? Yeah, yes. Oh, yes, King's Arms. Yeah. <laughs> nice venue. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. And that's the thing, you know, it's like, what, you're doing a Christian show in a pub? Oh, that's that's you know? my favourite. It's like, I love it. yeah, why, why, why wouldn't you? you I know? remember Courtney saw the guitarist smoking afterwards and she <laughs> almost died. She couldn't. Yeah, at that time in our life, we didn't have a category for that. Yeah, like oh yeah. my gosh, it's like going just going back to that yeah. again. Yeah, it's like he's just a normal guy, it's touring band. Yeah, um, coping with the pressures and stresses, and just a different. Yeah, it's just different than what we know or understand. Yeah, but, yeah. So I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to do, you know, I mean, you know, when I was in Auckland before I left Auckland, so I've been. Uh, been out of Auckland now for like 18 years. Um, but before I left Auckland, I was involved with um, the biggest kind of um, um, show producer in in Auckland, which is um, a company called Tone Deaf, Peter Grumley. Um, and uh, we used to do a lot of stuff you know a lot of shows and I'd, I'd help him out with what was happening um myself and mill and mills and yeah so i mean you know done u2 shows and you know pink and you know all, all that kind the, of stuff all the and, massive names yeah all the big yeah, all the big ones you know all the big stuff that kind of came through you know elton john and you know rod stewart and all that kind of stuff i mean i, I remember having to drive a truckload of gear after a show we'd, we'd just done pink in uh in central auckland at the at the big show place the victor, in, at the, victor at the victor arena in in auckland and so as soon as the show finished wow. we had to load out a whole bunch of stuff and yeah. one of those things that had to be on there was the the baby grand piano and ah. they had to go in the truck and they had to go to wellington to get on the ferry so that it could then get to Christchurch for the next day for the show. And so I'm driving at like, you know, we, I don't think we packed out at like 11, maybe I'm driving by about one or something. I've got to drive and get to the ferry by, by like, I think 7.30 ferry or something. And I'm driving and I'm calculating how long it's going to take me in the truck. The truck's loaded, it's slow. Oh my God. And I ring Grumley um, and I, I can't get through to him. So then I, I had to text him. So I texted him and said, dude, I'm not going to make it in time for the ferry. <laughs> a, 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 any ideas? 
And he just sent me back two words, drive faster. <laughs> that was his solution, you know. It's just like I made it to the ferry. Um, but, but that was it. You know, it's just there's some weird Whoa. stuff that you do. I mean, I, you know, you, you, you do overnight drives in order to get the gear from one place to another yeah. and, and all Whoa. this kind of stuff. I mean, you do, you know, big shows for big bands and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I mean, you know, Dave Dobbin, you know, I, I did maybe, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe I've done 20 shows with Dave. So, you, you know, you get to know him quite yeah, well. I did yeah. winery tour with him and stuff. So yeah. you get to know him quite well. He was at Parachute. Mm. Uh, he, he'd done a done a set on stage. He comes off and he's going to go back on for a um, an encore and uh, I'm standing outside the stage, and he comes. Now, I only drink water. Right? I only drink water. I don't drink anything else. I only drink water. So I'm yeah. there. I got my water bottle. And he comes off stage, and he goes, man, I'm thirsty. Patch, I got some water. And so he grabs my water bottle and drinks from my water bottle, like puts his mouth on my water <laughs> bottle. Where so, And then he hands it back and goes back on stage to do the encore. And I, I'm just like, yeah, Dave. Dobbin touched my water bottle and I'm not going to drink out of that again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some people go, oh my gosh, Dave Dobbin touched my water bottle. That's amazing. I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm not, no, no, uh, throw that away. No, no, get a new water bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, you can do, you can do really, really big shows. Um, but the, the problem with that is that the personal interaction, like l- latest mm. example, Snoop Dogg. So Snoop Dogg, um, we prepared the stage. We we got everything all ready. Um, When Snoop Dogg came on to the stage, well, before he came onto the stage, we all cleared off the stage, like all the Kiwis cleared off the stage. Yeah. And his four guys came on to to run the stage for him. Okay. Um, Similar to... Um, the skillet kind of thing. Um, have their own tech guys. Yeah, have their own of. tech guys, um, all that kind of stuff. Not the same with, um, well, same as Newsboys, they have their own tech guys. Yeah. Not the same with Switchfoot, for example, who they just, you know, they just bring Ryan, their, their front house guy, and then we just do everything for them. Um, yeah, but with, with this, that's it. We were We were off the stage, so we just all... Sat in a hammocks under the stage <laughs> while Snoop Dogg performed, and then we went back on and pulled it all out, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. So there, so yeah, I did the Snoop Dogg show, but so what? There was no personal interaction, yeah, with him, yeah. at all. That's yeah. You know, whereas if I'm doing a a school production, mm. there is masses of personal interaction because the school teacher got the job you know, three months ago to create the school production mm. and she's only 20 and this is her th- first or maybe second or maybe third production. Yeah. This is my 30th or 40th or 50th mm. production. <laughs> you know, I've got a little bit of ideas about yeah. how this can run a little bit smoother for you. So it's that kind of stuff where you just step in and you offer some assistance and you offer some help and you some suggestions and yeah. this might be a good way of doing that. And I've got an idea about how this could work a little bit better so that that wow. changeover from that is going to be a little bit faster. So that kind of stuff, is 
is really cool because you actually become part of it and yeah. this integral part of actually what you're doing. And and you know, little little things like that cause you to get a reputation where you end up getting invited back. Oh, you know, we wanna do another show there at that place because of that guy who helped us out yeah. or that girl who helped us like out. Like you said, the personal interaction. Yeah. Back to the start. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like I I printed a thousand business cards when I was like, you know, that's like twenty five years ago probably. When I yeah, when I first kind of started doing this stuff kind of full time. Mm-hmm. And I've still got about 700 of them <laughs> and and i use a lot of them for just writing a note on the back yeah. you know, to get to someone <laughs> you know it's got my name on one side but but as far as advertising goes i i don't you know and i think that's probably because i'm the advertisement yeah you know the 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 help the assistance the passion that i have about what i do and wanting to do a good job and then wanting the best out of the performers that I work with, that's my advertisement, you know. Yeah. yeah so And that's epic. Yeah. And, and like I, you said, like the 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 relationships you've built with the artists over the years and the and the people. Yeah. Um yeah, anyone who's worked with you for you know, even just a little while just yeah, understands your your vibe and and what you're after. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's a little bit um there is a little trick to it. Um, and that is that the other hat that I wear. So before I went full-time events, I was about um, 25, when I, before I left Auckland, I was about 25% events and about 75% um, behavioral science counselor dealing with at-risk youth and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, right. So the the... I, I know how to, yeah, psychologist. So I know how to talk to people to get the best out of them and all that kind of stuff. So there's cool. a bit of a trick to that kind of part of it. So maybe the reason I'm kind of okay at, you know, at doing the live event stuff is because that side of me is still there. Yeah. Um, although I don't, you know, I don't read people's minds so much anymore. I just kind of help them to, to do what they want. I can't read people's minds. <laughs> no, I can. I can read your mind. It's okay. Yeah. But I won't. I won't do it. I will. I'll do it. You'll, you'll, you'll hold yep. yourself back. Yeah. So it's that, you know, the people skills and being able to to actually figure out what they might actually be wanting and, and how to get the best out of them and stuff. So... Yeah, and how to get that Nord three from the f- for them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, oh man, some crazy requests of things. That's wow. I'm still thinking about that baby grand piano. That is so funny. Yeah, just got to get this gear. You got to get it there, and you, you. Well, that's the thing in New Zealand. So that's the thing. See, in the states, yeah, you, you don't do that. No, nah. you you have a baby grand at every venue that you're going to yeah. and none of the gear flies, none of the gear travels. We've got to be innovative in our little country, man. Yeah, cause... yeah, we have to travel everything. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, but in the States, you, you, nothing, only the personal instruments and and not always even that. Um, yeah, so like Switchfoot come over here and 
they don't bring what they bring a lead guitar and a, a bass, but they also request mm. a, an, a an acoustic lead and an acoustic uh, sorry and a and an electric bass as a secondary because they're not going to fly with two; they're just going to fly with one. Yeah, and they'll get us to provide the other one for them. You know, but usually. Yeah, they they only travel with their instruments, and yeah, and somehow that falls to you to yeah. You got to sort that out. Yeah, you got to <laughs> sort that out. I mean, King and Country. That was um, you know like oh yeah, and we need um, a Glockenspiel, <laughs> and and we also need um, the drums like they like you see um, at an American uh, gridiron game with their they're kind of wearing the drums and there's like four drums in front of the person and they're walking along and playing the drums and they're kind of wearing them in front of them. And you had to get a set like that in New Zealand. You had to get, I had to get one of those. Is that the, Oh, is that when Simon Bigwood got that little kit or is that something else? Yeah. 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 And they want to play a little like tiny kit as well. And they put it up on a giant riser. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. And they want to play a little like kids kit, like a, I think it was like, you could, I think we bought the whole kit and it was like $175. Yeah, and you set up a couple of little splashes yeah, as the high hat. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, it was, um, yeah, it was absolutely incredible. And then, so we got this stuff for them and it was really, really hard. Like, you know, I'm, I'm fighting for like a month to try and find this stuff, ringing brass bands and, mm. you know, schools that might have this stuff and finding out how I can, and then locating it and then like getting it to... You know, to site and stuff. It was just, a, it was absolutely really, really stressful. Yeah, and then we get yeah, it there and then we put it up on stage and it's great and it's brilliant and it's just what they want. And then they didn't even mic it. They just used the tracks. No way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I was like, gosh. that is so frustrating. It looked great on stage. It looked really, really good, oh, but didn't even mic just it. We for could, looks. you know, yeah, it was just for looks and they just used their tracks. And the and the thing uh, in the mix. So yeah, yeah, and that's the thing that people don't realise. Hey, I hope this is not too much of a spoiler for you people out there. But um, so you go to a band like Six Sixty, and you're listening to about fifty 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 of the tracks that are played and then 50% is the live performance that they're doing. And depending on how good the yeah. drummer or the bass player or the guitarist or the keyboardist is or the vocalist is that night will depend on how much of the track goes further above 50. Wow. Than not. That's, but that's yeah. what that's what everybody does. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, and to a certain extent you have to, in a sense that, you know, 660 will do, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, one show every week, sometimes two in the summers. Mm. You know, so you know, it's 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 pretty hard yakka. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, protecting your voice and protecting your body and all that kind of stuff, you've got to be able to 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 do that. And you know, and the performance is still fantastic. You know, yeah, so totally. and and that's what you get because they've got tracks. Otherwise, oh, he sounded a bit average tonight, didn't he? It's like, well, no, he didn't. He sounded. Just like he does on the LP, That's just like he does on the record. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still in two minds about that. <laughs> I just, I mean, and, and I, I've done it. I do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still just love it when 
a musician can be an amazing musician. Oh uh, yeah, and 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 he, I'm sure they are. They, but they're yeah. just using just using the modern tools at their disposal, which you you yeah. kind of just have to these days. That's the expectation. Yeah, sure. Now that was funny. So doing uh, sure at um, North Shore Stadium. This is going back, you know, like 30, 30 years, <laughs> um, at least. And uh, yeah, she's um, she's about to start her sound check. And uh, for those of you, and you can check this out if you want. So sure sings because I want to know what she must be about 70, 80 now. Um, but back then she was a bit younger. Um, she sings with an auto tune, and the audio engineer. Um, I was talking to him at the time where she came out for her sound check, and he said. Yeah, this is hilarious. She'll yell at me. But he turns off the auto tune. Yeah, she she needs the auto tune. <laughs> she really, really does. And he did get yelled at. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, and you and you think, how many other bands are actually doing that in order to to keep to keep themselves. Mm. Um, you know their reputation up and out there. You know, mm. and and you know the the tools are out there, and yeah. you know they're they're using them, and and why wouldn't you? And um, and to be fair, it's their creativity. So in yeah. so and, many ways, who are we to tell yeah. them that they're wrong to do and that? That's right, and it's their you know it's their IP um, mm. that they're protecting. You know, mm. it's like if if you drop a note, um, it's you know it's difficult to kind of cover that but with an auto-tune it's covered it's <laughs> it's not a problem so you don't drop a note you know, it's, it's great <laughs> he's an amazing singer yes he is he is yes she is she's so fantastic good. oh man we could go on and on all night but we could i feel like that's a good place to wrap it up thank you so much patch no worries brother for spending this time with me it's all good. good chat yeah really enjoyed it cool me too Thanks for listening to Small Town Journey. If you want to connect with us, you can send us an email, smalltownjourneypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you go to www.anchor.fm forward slash smalltownjourney, you can send us a voice memo and give us some feedback on anything we may have talked about. Shout out to Samuel James, who creates this amazing music that you're hearing underneath my voice right now. He creates thoughtful, ambient, beautiful sounds so if you need some custom music check out his link in our description for his instagram and send him a message but anyway thanks again for listening this has been small town journey